0: Well, hello, Oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co host, Lexi. And this is Oddities, Oddities on, on Elm Street. Street. Welcome back for episode 23.
1: Nope, 24. Really? Mm-hmm. Fuck. I knew I was going to mess <laughs> it up. <laughs> Wait, why do I have that in here, then? I don't know. Because of my folder... was Renee.
0: My folder literally says episode 24. So, well, you, you know, know, I'm just losing it. Sorry yeah, about that.
1: That's fine. Vente
0: episode cuatro. 24. Yeah. 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you said.
1: <laughs> We're here in this good old week 17. Isn't that crazy? We're already in the 17th week of the wow. year. What in the heckins? I feel like we should say... Thank you to our listeners because we hit
0: thirty thousand streams. Wow. Wow. And
1: um we got another a- patron. Yeah.
0: Yes. Welcome
1: friend. Thank you so much for your yes. presence.
0: And he wants to go by Grievous, which I think is fucking cool. Ooh. And like I've talked to him, he seems like a really cool guy. Grievous. So. What's your number? And <laughs> Well, I believe that he originally signed up for, like, the middle tier, Mm -hmm. which, what do we call that? Oh, the super spooky crew, Mm -hmm. but then immediately signed up for the spookiest crew. He knew. We love you for that. So, thank you for being our patron. Thank you so much. Also, because we hit 30,000 streams and I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram, I want to do a giveaway that will be coming up within the next couple of weeks so make sure you watch out stay tuned for that yeah yeah so We're oh giving. and if if you want to be our patron go Come over join the club i changed our website so that it'd be easy to say because before it was just like a bunch of random numbers and letters oh. now it's patreon.com oddities on elm street oh so there you go you're so great and then I, I post it in the, the little description too. If you
1: just click forget. the link, yeah, you know it's all you gotta do. And then yeah, pay us every month. <laughs> yeah, we
0: would we would love that.
1: Yeah,
0: we just put a mini episode up last week. Mm-hmm.
1: It involves
0: a barrel in a basement. It sure does. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. And, um, oh, we're also going to be doing a bonus episode this week. That will be going up Friday morning. Mm. So on the 28th. And in that episode, we're going to be interviewing a horror author, which I'm very excited about. So if you want to be notified for that, then you can turn on the notifications for our podcast. So that way. If we ever post bonus content, you get a or little ding.
1: Also, subscribe. Yeah. And then it will come up on your feed, too. And there you go. While you're there, may as well give us a five-star rating.
0: Yes, easy, because easy. you're a easy. good person. I truly believe that. <laughs> uh, so... What do I have for us today? Oh, we got to do our Morbid tidbit. Mm. So... Um, I actually saw this on our local news the other day. A woman went to the police saying that her husband was torturing her. This is really scary. So the husband supposedly has been accusing his wife of having an affair for a while now. So he forced her into the basement, tied her to their children's swing with wire, put metal zip ties around her ankles, hooked jumper cables to an exposed wire in their basement, and continuously zapped her when he thought that she was lying, like she's being interrogated, and that went on for five hours. So when she showed up to the police station, they noticed that she had Like significant bruising on her arms and torso, but then she said that that's not the only time that something like that's happened. She talked about an earlier incident where her husband, again, had brought her into the basement. He forced her to stand on a bucket with a rope around her neck. Oh my God. Yeah. So, she said that, at one point, she actually slipped off from the bucket and was literally being hung before he then stepped in to help her and took the rope off her neck.
1: Well, thank God she didn't die from yeah. just the force.
0: right. But, and I don't know how much earlier this was. I don't know if it was, like, you know, a few weeks before or whatever, but during her interview just recently, they could still see the ligature marks around her neck. So oh
1: my God.
0: He obviously has been arrested. He's being held on a half a million dollar bond. And you know what makes me mad? Mm-hmm. I was reading this article to a certain family member.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And they said that this woman deserved that to happen because she didn't leave the first time. Isn't that fucked up? It enrages me. Now, let me just say this. We do not victim blame here. Mm -mm. Um, And my response, obviously, was, you know, it's pretty clear you've never been in an abusive relationship. Because in most of the cases of domestic abuse, the victims are scared that if they leave and nothing is done, which is most often the case, then that person's going to kill them. Yeah. Which, again, is very often the case. Right.
1: Right. And we should look up all the statistics for it because I think on average it takes someone, I don't know how many times, but like several times, several attempts to leave.
0: Yeah. Before actually cutting all ties right. with them.
1: And sometimes they're not even threatening you. They're threatening your, your children. children.
0: That's exactly what I said. I said you don't think that he's, you know, threatened to do something to their kids, that he's probably threatened to kill her, you know, like you don't think that I, I don't know. It's it's like people don't realize just leave. That,
1: it's not that yeah, fucking simple. No,
0: this is literally like somebody's life that we're talking about. It's not as easy as just like Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Bye. Right. And it's not like it's her fault that her husband decided to fucking drag her down to the basement and put her on a bucket right like i I don't i just don't understand that way of thinking and it really irritates me so all i have to say is i just hope that after that conversation he thought about it for the rest of the day
1: that's it at least like
0: i hope it bothered him and be
1: like oh no yeah anyways
0: yep (laughs) <laughs> got a little heated there for a second, but... Seriously, no.
1: <laughs> wow. That is crazy.
0: Yeah. Where? So,
1: like Grand Rapids area? Yeah. West Michigan? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids.
0: Rapids. hmm They didn't share his name, like, to protect her identity because mm-hmm. they share the same last name. mm mm-hmm. um, So, yeah. I'm sure we'll be learning more in the coming weeks, but... It's
1: like they're kids.
0: Yeah. Oh. Like, it... That's... That's what really... I mean, the whole thing is very scary, but that's what really worries me is, like, what have these kids gone through and had to witness?
1: Yeah, because that's—I can't believe how traumatic that would be.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing people don't, like, take into consideration is the fact that a lot of times women stay because of the kids because if they leave, they're not able to support them and they get their kids taken away. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why would you want to be?
1: You're sacrificing yourself. Yeah. So for that... the sake of your kids,
0: right? Which so that your kids are fed and housed and clothed. It's and... that
1: motherly love that we continue to talk about. Yeah. That's just all around.
0: A wow. Very.
1: That is a very traumatic dramatic. situation. <sighs> so. That one was a heavy one. I know. Much different than the dolphin skull i'm sorry No, it's I it's it's crazy and i like that you're doing it because it's like obviously there's not a lot to it we
0: couldn't make even like a mini right.
1: episode but just just hear about it
0: yeah well and i like that we can um i don't know like talk about it yeah i think it's important to talk about it
1: like current events so people know mm-hmm. that this shit is uh happening
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all
1: over Yeah.
0: So, today, I thought it would be cool to kind of do a spin on two of our series. So, this one will be a most mysterious topic, but it will also kind of be a a little spin on our unsolved mysteries in a way. Oh my gosh. So
1: Double trouble.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded wrong. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You're heated, huh? (laughs) And
0: eat. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've put together a compilation of the most mysterious unexplained stories. And they will all be true stories. So, you'll have to let me know if you like it because I have plenty more. Aye, aye. You got a lot of these babies up I'm my ready. sleeve. hmm So, I'm going to start off with my favorite story from the bunch. 25-year-old Jennifer Grosbeck was driving from her home in Springville, Utah when she hit a cement barrier while crossing a bridge, forcing her car off the road and flipping upside down, landing in a river. According to a witness that heard the accident, it happened around 10.30 p.m., but the car wasn't visible from the roadway. It was in a big ravine that was hidden by trees and other greenery. It wouldn't be until 14 hours later when a fisherman on the river spotted the car at 12.24 the next afternoon. What? That's when first responders arrived. The fisherman told them that he could see an arm through the window. So the four men plunged into the freezing cold waters to see if they could find any survivors. And then suddenly, they begin to hear the very distinct sound of a woman's voice calling them for help. They even replied back saying, hang in there, we're trying everything we can. The voice motivated them to push harder to get to the vehicle as quickly as possible because now they're thinking someone in there is alive. Once they reach the car, which is now filled with water, it's on its side, they discover the driver. It was Jennifer Grosbeck. And it was clear that she had been deceased for quite some time. So, whose voice was heard begging for help? The officers had no explanation, but all of them could agree on one thing. It was definitely coming from inside of that car. They got the car flipped over by using cables suspended over the side of the bridge, and that's when they see a little girl still strapped in her car seat in the back of the car. Oh, my God. And she was alive. What? The little girl was 18-month-old Lily Grosbeck. Lily would have been hanging upside down that entire time, 14 hours. But thankfully, she was just short enough that it kept her head from touching the freezing cold water. One of the rescuers, who spent at least 20 minutes inside the water, said that the level was often, like, level with his neck and sometimes even higher, and he was 6 foot tall. But somehow, she managed to stay completely dry. One of the first responders said, quote, We could see her eyes fluttering, so there was some life, but as far as movements or consciousness, there was nothing that we could see. Four officers and three firefighters formed an assembly line to transport Lily back to the safety of the shore, and then immediately began performing CPR on her. She didn't regain uh, consciousness until she was in a hospital in Salt Lake City, but her condition was upgraded to stable a couple of days later. After an autopsy could be performed on Jennifer, it was determined that she had died instantly in the car accident from blunt force trauma, so she was deceased the entire time. And Lily was unconscious, so it couldn't have been her making any noise. I I read some reports like years ago when I first heard about this story that the, the first responder that was interviewed said that he could hear someone a woman saying help my baby but then when I went back to look at the story for today mm-hmm. I couldn't find where I saw that. Interesting. So yeah, that's the first one. Boy. <laughs> but yeah I think I think that one is kind of sad, but it's also like very heartwarming in a way.
1: And just just the simple fact that she survived that. Yeah, fourteen hours, just above the water. What? Like that's crazy.
0: <laughs> my son can't even go three hours without a bottle. Like <laughs> what? Fourteen out. Like that's that's crazy. That wow. I don't know. Wow, blows my mind. So, our next story is about the death of Gloria Ramirez, who is otherwise known as the Toxic Lady have you ever heard of this? Mm -mm. I think it's really interesting. On February 19th, 1994, 31-year-old Gloria Cecilia Ramirez, a woman from Riverside, California, was admitted into the emergency room of her local hospital. She was suffering from extreme heart palpitations. She was having trouble breathing and was very confused. The staff tried to use a defibrillator on her heart, and at this point, multiple people could see a sheet of oil covering Gloria's body. Others noticed a fruity, almost garlic-like odor coming from her mouth. A registered nurse, Susan Kane, drew blood from Gloria's arm and noticed a strong ammonia-like smell coming from the tube. This nurse, Susan, passed the tube to a medical resident named Julie, who noticed manila-colored particles floating in Gloria's blood. And then, suddenly, Susan fainted. Shortly after this, Julie began to feel nauseated and complained that she was lightheaded. So, she left the trauma room and sat at a nurse's desk. One of her colleagues asked if she was okay, but before she could answer, Julie fainted too. A respiratory therapist in the room named Maureen was the third to pass out. When she awoke, she couldn't move her arms or legs. A total of six people were unable to treat Gloria because of these strange symptoms, out of which ranged from fainting, shortness of breath, to nausea and temporary paralysis. The The staff was then ordered to evacuate all emergency department patients to the parking lot outside of the hospital. (laughs) And overall, 23 people became ill and five were hospitalized. So they had what they call a skeleton crew, which is like the minimum number of people needed to mm-hmm, be there. Mm-hmm. They had a skeleton crew stay behind just to stabilize Gloria. But at 8:50 p.m. after 45 minutes of CPR, Gloria Ramirez was pronounced dead. So after her death, the health department was called in to investigate, and a special team in hazmat suits mm-hmm. arrived. They searched the hospital for any signs of poisonous gas or toxins, but they couldn't find anything. This is so interesting to me. Gloria's body was placed in a sealed aluminum casket, and her autopsy couldn't be performed until almost a week later just to ensure that whatever happened to the medical staff didn't happen to the coroner. So, and they also, they wore hazmat suits too, just as like a precaution. They interviewed 34 different employees who had been working that day, and they found that the people who had developed symptoms all had something in common. Those who had worked within two feet of Gloria and had handled any of the lines that went into her veins were the ones that developed the most severe symptoms, and they also noticed that the ones affected tended to be women and all had normal blood tests after the exposure, even though they were suffering from of these weird symptoms. So therefore, they called it mass hysteria, which I feel like is such a recurring theme in history. Like, oh, it's the women. They're just hysterical. (laughs) She's
1: pretending to be paralyzed.
0: (laughs) Right. So, Wait, when was this? In the 90s. That seems too close. It was 1994. 94.
1: That's and um, that's. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> so, um. Wow. But yeah. So, Julie, though, she was the second person to mm-hmm. faint. She actually spent two weeks in the ICU with breathing problems. So it's like, yeah, that's she's definitely faking hysteria. it, right? She also developed hepatitis. What? And a vascular necrosis in her knees. So it seems like. More than just hysteria, in my... I mean, we're not... ...humble opinion. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. It, that It's like, well, we don't have an explanation, so... Blame it on the woman. Right, right. Um, so, it was determined that Gloria Ramirez died from kidney failure. She did have cervical cancer, and she was diagnosed only six weeks before her death, so it was very quick. And so it's believed that she was using um, something called DMSO, dimethyl sulfoxide, to try and treat the pain from her cancer. But DMSO is like a powerful degreaser. Like they sell it at hardware stores. Um, And they think that that like could possibly explain the greasy texture of her skin and the smell coming from her mouth. I don't know. But, yeah, so they did a second investigation. They think it's possible that this buildup of DMSO could have caused a urinary blockage, which could have ultimately caused the kidney failure, but... Well, and then she, like, um, she was getting those electrical shocks through the defibrillator. That's such a hard word to say. I'm glad you're saying it. Why did we name it that? Like... I don't... Defibrillator. (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, so, she was getting those electric shocks and they think that that could have turned the DMSO into DMSO4, which is a highly toxic version of, like, sulfuric acid. Mm. So, they think that maybe the symptoms the staff was experiencing could be contributed to that. So, I mean, they never really, like, proved it, but that's just one of the theories. So two months after Gloria died, her severely decomposed body was released for an independent autopsy and burial. The pathologist performing this independent autopsy was unable to determine a cause of death because her heart was missing. Her other organs were contaminated with fecal matter and her body was way too decomposed. Which I'm like, what, what, what? Where is the heart? Why is it not in there? What do they do with it?
1: Oh my God.
0: Like why is just her heart missing?
1: Why is there fecal
0: matter? See, I don't know if that's something that like could have happened when she died. You know, like maybe she had like a bowel rupture or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the heart though, I'm like your heart doesn't just like go missing. That, that's so a very strange thing. So, I don't know what's up with that. <sighs> that is. Yeah. So, on April 20th, 1994, ten weeks after her death, Gloria Ramirez was finally laid to rest. She was a mother to two children, and her family still continues to blame the hospital for her death.
1: Interesting. Mm. Like, do they believe everyone's, like, all the staffs?
0: I don't know what they... I really don't know. I don't know how they think that it's the hospital's fault. Right. But...
1: Uh, wow. Yeah. Maybe... I mean, you do you, but maybe really think about if you're going to treat yourself with something.
0: I heard... See, I keep, like remembering things that I heard about this shit and I can't fucking prove it so like I can't say it but I heard that like DMSO is like used for horses or something oh my god
1: what the fuck is up with all this
0: (laughs) I don't know I don't know so our next story is fucking crazy this one this one really gets me on August 8th 2015 Julie Mott lost her battle with cystic fibrosis She was just about to turn 26, but the day before what would have been her 26th birthday, on August 15th, her memorial service was in session at Mission Park North in San Antonio, Texas. She was remembered by her friends and family as a girl full of life who enjoyed being outside and loved horses. Her memorial service ended at around 1.30 and her body was wheeled away to await the transfer to a crematorium. At 4.30 p.m., Long after all of the funeral guests had left, the staff locked up the chapel and went home for the day. The next morning, an employee came into work and discovered that the stand that Julie's casket had been resting on was moved. The casket's hinges were damaged and Julie's body was gone. This freaks me out. This freaks me out. What are they doing with her? That's, like, when Marilyn Mo- uh, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, when her body went missing after her death, and there were, like, rumors that she was, like, fucking being pimped out. Isn't that oh my God, that's fucking so disturbing? Horrible. Yeah. There were no signs of forced entry, and the chapel security system hadn't been set off. So, because of that, it's believed that her body was stolen within the three hours after her memorial service and before closing. An investigation was launched and a search party was formed in the effort to find Julie's body. And a $20,000 reward was offered for any information leading to the discovery of her body or the arrest of anyone involved with her disappearance. The $20,000 reward was set up by the owner of Mission Park. His <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> Bro this guy's name is dick
1: tips (laughs) what is it dick tips oh
0: my god i can't Um, he did it i'm gonna tell you right now (laughs) who the fuck names your child i I was gonna say his parents must have hated him bro dick tips (laughs) So, I, was, I heard you like. I know I couldn't I make it, like it through because like I knew I it was coming. Again. I'm like, what the fuck? I knew it was coming, and I was just anticipating. I, oh my god, I can't. <clears throat> Dick tips. Dick tips. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how do you get business? Like <laughs> oh what? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. God damn. You, yep.
1: Can't like, imagine that. I would go buy something
0: else. Come on. He's just embracing it. <laughs> it's like, nope. Check it out. This is who I am. <laughs> Duke tips. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he uh sets up a $20,000 reward. And almost immediately after her body was discovered missing, Julie's boyfriend, Bill Wilburn, immediately became the prime suspect. He stayed behind for ten to fifteen minutes after most of the guests had left, and was kind of like lingering around by her casket. But honestly, like I think that's normal. Like this is his girlfriend. You yeah. Know? Like give him some time.
1: Right. Like, like to maybe mourn a little bit. Right. Not everyone else right there.
0: Yeah. So the fact that they're like, hmm, well, you do suspicious, it. but the thing is, is uh, like months after her disappearance, he was reportedly harassing the funeral home and Julie's family, like repeatedly calling them. And he he was eventually banned from setting foot on Mission Park property and was issued a criminal trespass notice, which I think is just like, if you're caught on this property, you're going to be punished, which is exactly what happened. In June of the next year, so in 2016, he violated that criminal trespass notice and was arrested, but he only served two days in jail. So it's like, whatever. But I guess when he went back to the facility, he was caught on security cameras, just like repeatedly driving around, looking into the windows, shaking the door handles, and like staring straight into the camera.
1: Oh my God,
0: I hate that. I know, just the sound of that makes me cringe, but Again, I think this is, like, if he thinks that the, like, the cemetery or whatever had something to do with her disappearance, like, I'd be fucking going there all the time, too. I'd be trying to break in. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's normal. I don't know.
1: That's very mm, messy.
0: But it's, like, if my husband died and his body disappeared after his (laughs) funeral and I knew that I didn't have anything to do with it, my first thought would be the funeral home where she was last seen. One of the employers, the owner, fucking dick tips. Like, he had something to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, would you not be showing up as often as you could to try and get some, I don't know, I, it's just me, uh, I yeah, guess.
1: I mean, I don't have a husband or anything like that, but- <laughs> Well, if it were I me. Would, Oh, fuck. i um, Throw <laughs> throwing <laughs> hands.
0: They don't know who they fucking <laughs> <throwing it> with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think that that's like... I don't know. I, I just think... Wait, is that it? No. Okay. It's not it. Okay, good. It actually gets fucking crazier, if you can believe that. So, I personally think, like I said earlier... The man Dick Tips himself might be responsible, not just because his name is Dick Tips, but because of something else. So, after Julie's disappearance, there were some... There's some... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I
1: love you disagree with me.
0: (laughs) There was some information that came out about the contractors that this funeral home uses for their mortuary services. Um, the company is called Bayer and Batel. They have a terrible reputation. Just a few months before Julie's body went missing, this company was sued by the family of a woman named Beatrice Garza because they got her body mixed up with another woman. So, like, the family literally shows up to the funeral and it's another woman's body in the casket. They had already buried. <gasps> Isn't that so fucking crazy? They had already buried their family member. How oh, you fuck up that bad? I don't know. Um. Obviously, damn. something's going on. I don't know. Wow. So after Julie's family found out about that, they sued that company, and they won an eight million dollar settlement. Ooh, doggy. Yeah. But, yeah, so, it's been eight years since her body disappeared and there's- there hasn't been any new information. That's just- That's it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Isn't that crazy? How does that happen? Like, I- I just- in the fact that, like, I've never heard anybody talk about this. Uh -uh. But I honestly feel like this probably happens more than we realize. Like what do you do? Sell like, their organs.
1: Are they still viable even though they've been dead?
0: I don't know. Probably not.
1: That's that's where my mind went first, but then I was yeah, like, "Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. I'm not very educated."
1: <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how well a dead kidney. Yeah, would I'm pretty help. sure.
0: Uh, coming from Dwight, you have to harvest
1: them <laughs> immediately. You're right. You're right,
0: <laughs> Gladys. <laughs> I love that episode. It's my favorite. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about what they do. It reminds me of Anatoly Moskvin or whatever his name was, the guy who used to like dig up children's bodies and turn them into real life dolls. You never heard of that guy? No. Yeah, he uh, his parents. I mean, they were, like, surrounded in their house with these dolls, and his parents (sighs) didn't realize that they were actual people. But he had, like, (gasps) schizophrenia or something. Oh, my God. He had something going on.
1: Like, undiagnosed?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he thought that, like, these children wanted to be dug up.
1: Okay, that makes...
0: But yeah, he would like sleep with them and everything. Mm-hmm. Very uh so yeah. <sighs> um Oi. Yeah, so I know in the beginning I said that these were all true stories, but I wanna share this one. It's it's never been proven to be untrue. Okay, I thought you
1: were gonna say that one was fake.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not that much of a bitch. Um <laughs> No, the next one okay. that I'm going to talk about now. Mm-hmm. It's never been proven untrue, but it's never really been proven true either. There's a lot Give of room for, you know. Yeah, you know, a lot of wiggle room. But it's too spooky to not share. I just need to talk about tell it. Tell me, tell me. Please. All right, I, leave, I leave. <laughs> You don't need to ask wise. <laughs> so, in the 1940s, the ships passing through the Strait of Malacca received a horrifying distress call it said all officers including captain dead lying in chart room and on bridge possibly whole crew dead and then there was a frenzy of like morse code that was like unreadable before the radio operator's final words i die all right the message was coming from the ss urang madon a dutch merchant ship Why did I say it like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was a Dutch merchant ship. After that chilling message, radio silence. When another ship called the Silver Star eventually located the SS Urang Madan, they boarded it in the attempt to complete a rescue mission. But when they arrived on board, the ship was littered with corpses. Even the ship's dog. (gasps) These men had expressions of fear frozen on their faces.
1: Oh, Mm -mm, not about that. I I hate that shit.
0: Their mouths were gaping open. Oh my God. Their eyes were staring straight ahead. And the dog's face appeared as if it was in the middle of a growl. There were no survivors, but there were no visible signs of injuries. So, while the Silver Star is preparing to tow the ship to a nearby port, a fire suddenly broke out, forcing rescuers still inside to evacuate. Shortly after they did, the ship exploded with such great force that it was lifted up out of the ocean before sinking to the bottom." So, the reason why I say that this has never been proven untrue is because there are some really credible theories that actually exist about this case. Um, Like, even the History Channel has looked into it. So, some people hypothesize that the ship may have been smuggling some type of chemicals, like potassium cyanide and um, nitroglycerin, which we just talked about mm-hmm. potassium cyanide in last week's mm-hmm. morbid tidbit. But if that was the case and like seawater got into the ship, it could have created a toxic gas that could have caused the crew members to asphyxiate or like die from poisoning. And then later, that seawater could have reacted with the nitroglycerin, causing that explosion. Other theories are like carbon monoxide poisoning. If a fire had broken out in the boiler system, the carbon monoxide would have obviously would have killed the crew members.
1: But their faces?
0: Have you seen... You saw Midsummer. Mm. Do you remember that scene where she finds her family after they've been...
1: Fuck, fuck, fuck.
0: Fuck. But um, obviously, there's no way to really know what happened to them. So
1: that is our... That's terrifying.
0: Yeah. And like a lot of the reason too why people think that this actually happened is because there have been a lot of ships in the area that have reported a ghost ship Mm. and people think that it's um that one yeah wrong Madon. yeah i don't know why but like that really interests me sea stuff <laughs> stuff of the sea <laughs> the ocean
1: that scares me the ocean, the ocean is very me. scary yeah i'm
0: it's crazy to think that we know more about
1: like, the moon, S- the space. Stuff
0: in space, not even on our own planet.
1: Mm-hmm. That we do in the depths below. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. Though, it's fucking freaky. Yeah. Like, Lake Michigan. I'll do it.
0: Even that is a little it's, scary.
1: Yeah. Especially when you're, like, out real far. Yeah. I jump in and I'm like, okay. okay I'm no done. big fish <laughs> or anything.
0: I know. I've, I've really been spoiled with the pool. So, like, yeah, when I yeah, go in yeah. the lake, I'm like, Oh, something <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's hard for me. But I do, you know, I do still swim in the lake when I get the chance. Just watch out for that seaweed. Mm.
1: Oh, I f- fucking hate seaweed. My grandpa used to tell me in order, like, when I was very young, and they had this little cottage on a lake. A little pontoon boat. My grandpa thought it'd be a great idea to convince me to not jump off the boat. He said that a seaweed would just wrap around my leg and take
0: me down. Oh, at least he didn't tell you it was dead bodies like my sister used <laughs> oh my to tell me. I, that's why I thought you were going with that story. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't even... My sister had... I don't know what her deal was, but she used to have like a really weird fear of like just swimming at night even in our pool she was convinced that like dead bodies would just like fucking float up from I don't know where and just grab her. Oi. So yeah. Mm. I love swimming at night. Mm -hmm. It's very peaceful. Skinny dipping (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Good times.
1: What is a sign? In your pool, no skinny dipping alone.
0: alone. <laughs> 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 oh god. But yeah, that's that's actually all I have for you today. It feels like it was really short. Mm-hmm. But we've been recording for over an hour.
1: Really? Well
0: well shit. So that's all we have for you today. Wow. I hope you enjoyed today's episode
1: yeah um and you know just your reminders <laughs> listener tales at gmail
0: oh yeah dot com. i got another one <gasps> so
1: yeah thank you
0: patreon mm-hmm yep that's very. dot com going. slash oddities on elm street
1: yeah T- go there sign up go there Be we one have of our crew what do we have
0: we so- got bloopers we got minis.
1: We got some very horrendous pictures of Bob and I as teenagers. adolescents.
0: Yes. At very rough points of our lives. Oh Don't so judge us. But yeah. um we also like if there's case information.
1: Yeah. Like extra pictures about yeah. it. Yeah. And
0: like the Anthony Toad, like the letters and mm-hmm. all that good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah, for real.
0: What else? What else do we have going on?
1: Keep an eye out for our Giveaway. Oh, yeah. Or
0: giveaway. Yeah. So I will probably be posting it on my Instagram. Obviously, I'll announce it here too. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll post the rules and everything of how to enter mm. on Instagram. So cool. people need to so go follow, follow me. It's Bobby Curtis Lee. B O B B I E. I already know why in my name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Go do um, that.
1: And Friday morning, tune on in after you have yes. subscribed to hear about
0: to hear a our very interview. neat horror author. I'm so very excited about that. Me too. They're gonna, it's going to be our oh first bonus episode.
1: Oh, no. um,
0: oh, yeah. And if you have topic suggestions, you know what? Go to our Patreon. Yeah sign up for the spookiest yep. crew and you'll get an email where you can send it to us and we will do it.
1: That's all you got to do. That's that's it. That's it. Really easy. Yep.
0: I think we convinced them. <laughs> I think we got them this time. <laughs> uh, so that is it. We will see you all. Well, not really see you. We will we'll see you talk in our minds. to you all.
1: I'll see you. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: Okay, (laughs) we'll be here next week. We will. I hope you all have a lovely rest of your week, and remember to always keep keep it spooky.
1: spooky.